102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 536 and Soundgarden with Max and Nagel on Rock 102. Going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 78. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 75. It's 62 right now in downtown Springfield. Cohen. We got Cohen. Yeah, we got Cohen. And the keyword to cash. And the keyword to cash. You know what else uh, we got? Uh, and, of course, I don't send you information on anything. At, uh, no. At 8.45 this morning, we'll be talking to two guys from the Radio Control Club. All right. We're holding the big Father's Day radio control event. Okay. So there you go. Well, there you have it. I'm glad you found that out right now. I got at least two and a half hours to bone up on radio the radio control club. Oh, we, we got all kinds of information. Good. Well, I'll be, uh, be happy to get on that. I'll eventually share it with you. <laughs> Don't bother. Right. Don't right. bother. There's that and other stuff, too. Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield Classic Rock. It's 551 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be, uh, I'll tell you in just one second, it's going to be uh, mostly sunny today and nice with a high of 79. Tomorrow, could see some rain showers with a high of 76. It's 62 right now in downtown Springfield. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Aqua Pump, an expert on all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Hello. Oh, yeah. There you Hello. go. Yep, right now. Ah! Hey. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Uh, Jennifer Aniston says she can't stand being told she looks great for her age. She sees it as a backhanded compliment. She says it drives me bananas. There's a habit of society that we have these markers like, well, you're at that stage, so... For your age, I don't even know and understand what that means. I'm in better shape than I was in my 20s. I feel better in my mind, body, and spirit. It's all 100% better. Would she prefer if someone up to her and said, Man, you look old for somebody your age. Yeah, I don't know. Well, then uh, let's just settle down, lady. People are giving you a compliment. You know, I, she looks great for, for being her age. But uh, she's also had a lot of that uh, filler stuff done, and you can tell that. Do people not know that you can't, you can't, th- that you can tell that they do that with the I lip som- filler? I sometimes wonder whether people who've had, you know, facial surgery mm-hmm. understand that it makes them look goofy nearly every time. What about me? I should do facial. So I should get my lips puffed up. I don't see that working for you. You don't see that? So I look like this all day? So I look like constant duck face? No. Mm. No. I, I don't like it. see it. Uh, American Pie co-stars uh, Jennifer Coolidge and Eddie K. Thomas. You know, he was the one that uh, had the affair yes. with uh, Stifler's mom. That's correct. Uh, it's This story starts out awesome, but it doesn't end the way you want it to. Jennifer played Stifler's mom, the sexy milf, and Eddie played Finch, the high school senior. She had the carnal relations with... But here's the sad part. They didn't actually do it in real life. She said, I wasn't the love of his life. He had lots of girlfriends. My bedroom was across the hallway from his. Did anyone uh, really expect that they were doing anything else but acting? Uh, I don't know. I guess maybe offset. You're like, oh, you know what? Uh, after the movie's done being made, what are we going to do now? I don't think it works that way. We have, uh, we have another. We have a sequel to make. We have two sequels to make. We gotta ramp this up. Yeah, 
I'm gonna guess though that like uh, like even in your adult your adult films, yeah, like after all is said and done, you're just sitting around drinking coffee. You're not going off and having more sex. You just you're not. No, oh. no. That's listen. You've had it all day. Well, what if I what if I want to have it all day long? I'm saying after like a seven hour shoot. Oh, yeah. The last thing you want to do. The last thing you want to do is have more mm-hmm. of it. Uh, it seems like everybody's trying Ozempic these days to lose weight, but nobody's fessing up, and Amy Schumer is tired of it. Because, you know, when you want an expert opinion on somebody, you, you ask her. Amy Schumer. On a recent episode of Watch What Happens Live, Amy said, quote, everyone has been lying, saying, oh, smaller portions, like, shut the F up. You're on Ozempic or one of those things, or you got work done. Just stop. Be real with people. When I got lipo, I said I got lipo. Amy actually tried Ozempic for herself, but it wasn't for her. I was one of those people that felt so sick I couldn't play with my son. Mm. Maybe maybe your son doesn't really want to play with you. Yeah, maybe he's looking for other people to play with. Maybe he realized his mom was... Hey, my mom's Amy Schumer. Oh, God. This is hell on earth. When your kids don't find you funny. Right. Yeah, when you can't make your kid laugh. <laughs> you might want to rethink your, uh, your next movie. In uh, the new Netflix docuseries, Arnold 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 Schwarzenegger and uh, Sylvester Stallone dive into their race to be the biggest action star of the 1980s. Stallone says their rivalry got so heated that, quote, We couldn't even stand to be in the same room. People had to separate us. Who is that? That's a very poor Sly Stallone. Oh, yeah. They're good friends now. Stallone is even willing to admit that Arnold was better. Quote, He was superior. He had all the answers. He had the body. He had the strength. That was his character. Is that still Stallone? Yes. God, I really thought... I must be off track. I actually thought it was actress Talia Shire. You That would have been a, a good second guess. He she played Adrian. You know, she's the... Uh, Francis Ford Coppola's sister. He, he had he had to go. I had to get my ass kicked constantly. Was Arnold never got hurt that much? And I'm going Arnold. You could go out and fight a dragon, and you come back with a band-aid. Still Stallone, right? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm getting used to it. And then uh, Schwarzenegger goes, "I don't understand what you're saying." I could you could you understand this guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're hoping that. Hey. Ne- hey. Get a lot of this guy. Uh, if you were hoping that Netflix's uh, crackdown on password sharing was going to blow up in their faces, here's some bad news for you. Netflix started enforcing it on May 23rd, and over the next six days, they averaged 73,000 new signups per day, including 100,000 on the 26th and 27th. So uh, they had the most signups since early 2019. Mm. The spike was also bigger than what they saw in March and April of 2020 when people started signing up like crazy during the early months of the pandemic. They also saw an increase in cancellations, but the new subscriptions more than made up for that. Now, here's the question for you. Yeah. So I got a Netflix account at my house, and I got the net, the same Netflix account at the camper in, uh, in New Hampshire. Yeah. Am I in violation? No, you're not in violation. It's your account. Well, then how can they tell it's my account if it's two IP addresses uh, in two different areas if I'm, if I'm sharing the, the thing? What I'm you telling know, you is they can't tell. They know everything about you. I don't think they know everything. 
so let's see. Uh, I don't know about this. Metallica. Metallica's U- uh, performance at a UK festival last week was so loud it could be heard 15 miles away. A new sound system might be to blame with 288 staggered speakers meant to immerse the entire audience. 288 speakers? Yeah. Meanwhile, you had 15 residents around the old location of the still couldn't handle a little bit of acoustic music coming out of the door and Uh, windows. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that, too. Ridiculous. People like to complain about stuff. Don't they ever. Uh, and Kim Kardashian played a trick on her friends by slapping on a bunch of makeup to make herself look funny. Really? Yeah. She must have something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I was slapped on this much makeup was when Ray J gave me brown clown mouth in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> and Caitlin? Well, I never got that done and dirty with your mother, Chris Kim, but I once uh, gave her some baby battered buttered biscuits. Mm-hmm. Little, little feline disrespect from behind. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I had a horchata blast suffered during the bukkakalypse. Ah, you ever see that movie Bukkakalypse Now? I love the smell of hairy palms in the morning. (laughs) I think we're done here. I think we're done. And that is your Hollywood trash on Rock Caitlin, <laughs> don't surf! <laughs> That's your Hollywood trash on Rock on the 2AM. Tom. LPN and direct care workers. The Department of Development. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Your grilling headquarters. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, it's always been my belief that the toughest job in sports is being the man and or woman behind the foam rubber getup. I'm talking about the person whose hard-earned sweat and motivational tactics help create a groundswell of incitement, enthusiasm, and goodwill amidst most difficult times and thrilling victories. Yes, it is the mascot. And yet, we openly dismiss what they do, as if the person sweltering in that fluffy suit is not worthy of our respect. Well, I'm here to tell you that is false. This should be a vocation of dignity and praise. Sadly, not every muscly-headed dirtbag shares that sentiment, and that's why you had that situation on Friday night in Miami in which Bernie, the current mascot for the Miami Heat, was savagely brutalized by UFC fighter Conor McGregor during Game 4 of the NBA Finals. In a pre-planned on-court skit to promote promote a a pain relief spray, Bernie was to confront McGregor on the court while wearing oversized foam rubber boxing gloves. These sort of gloves, while not sanctioned by UFC regulations, were purely used as a prop and not meant to inflict injury or to pose a threat. However, McGregor, who has been known for his violent outbursts against bathroom equipment and charter buses, aggressively punched Bernie in the head, not once, but twice. One-two! As if the Miami Heat mascot was some sort of imposing threat to deal with. It was here where Bernie was knocked off his feet and sent to an emergency room to attend to his injuries. Folks, I understand that Bernie was wearing boxing gloves, and I understand that Conor McGregor is a former champion, but this was not supposed to be a real fight. This was a marketing opportunity that led to a guy in a foam rubber suit being sent to a hospital because the muscly-headed moron didn't know how to ease up on his punches. This guy wasn't imposing any threat. It wasn't even a sanctioned fight. Instead, you hit a mascot in the face and punched him again while he was down on the ground. What sort of bloodthirsty animal does this? 
The good news is that Bernie was back to work the following day. The bad news is that Conor McGregor is walking around thinking he just qualified for another shot of the title. But the only title he's qualified for is to be named the biggest jerk in sports. But hey, never mind yapping. Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, the $99 can't-miss Father's Day winner. A Milwaukee M12 drill driver and impact driver combo kit from Rockies. Like I said, 99 bucks with your Ace Rewards card. You're saving 70 bucks. And Dad has a new high-quality Milwaukee power tool at his hands that you got at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. 12 and Def Leppard with Bax and Nagel at Rock 102. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today with a high of 79. Tomorrow, cloudy with some rain showers and a high of 76. It's 62 right now in downtown Springfield. We're going to give you another shot at uh, the keyword to cash coming up after 8 o'clock. Make sure you're listening to that. Could be worth $1,000. You know, my uh, I was pen pals with this guy, and unfortunately, he died over the weekend. I was writing letters back and forth to this guy <laughs> in jail. He was in jail. His name is Ted. Dear... Una Bomber. Dear Una Bomber. Ted, so Ted Kaczynski has died. Did he ever write back? No, he never did. Really? Yeah. Didn't have yeah. access to, like, stamps or something? No, I had a weird couple of instances in my mailbox uh, a couple of times, but mm. that was, you know, one of those... Uh, he 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 loved to send those little party favors where you pull the string oh, on the yeah. back the and little then the popper little things. Yeah, comes yeah, out. yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I, I do wonder though uh, whether that guy, uh, since he sent so much out, mm-hmm. do you buy the forever stamp so you just get one of yourself one of those Pitney Bowes, uh, you know, stamping <laughs> machines just to just to deal with the the postage. I think in a case like him, the uh, what is it, Pitney Bowes, the Pitney Bowes, Pitney Bowes machine yeah. would probably uh, work well. Probably more, uh, more cost efficient. More efficient. Yeah, I, you know I would what agree. a pain in the ass it is to walk yourself to a a, a post office three hundred miles away from your house every day. <laughs> three hundred miles away from your ramsackled yeah. shack out in the out in the middle of yeah. nowhere. Can you imagine you getting halfway to the post office and realizing you left your stamps at home? <laughs> Damn it! The Listen. carnage could have been a lot worse if he hadn't yeah. left that stuff at home. But uh, Ted Kaczynski. Who was in a supermax? He was in that uh, that supermax out in Colorado, where you, where you just live in a cell and you don't really have anything other than the cell, and you're in there for 23 hours a day until they take you outside. No opportunities to make friends or uh, no socialize. No, I, I believe uh, Johar Sarnayev uh, can't hear him through the wall. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But then he was transported to a he was transported to a medical facility a few weeks ago. So you know that he was probably on his way out with whatever he had. You would think that a guy who's that spent you know that much time outside in the fresh air, yeah, you know, away from all the rigmarole of everyday life, would probably be a little bit more healthy than he allowed himself to fall into. Well, apparently not. Uh, apparently, it was that prison food that really did him in. I mean, in between writing, you know chapters of your manifesto i would think you probably you know, want to get a little bit of exercise and go go for a walk just to clear your head of all the all the insanity you yeah, know how it goes do you ever experience writer's block when you have that kind of uh <sighs> ideology my biggest problem is i always find the first page mm-hmm. to be the hardest part about writing a manifesto yeah right <laughs> like how do you that, even, how do it. you even start you know i mean you, you start the you know am i ishmael no nah, that's been used before well yeah <laughs> In the beginning, there was nothing. Now that's been used before. Let's now, try to trash that. All of this stuff. I can't come up with one thing. 
Uh, but Ted Kaczynski's dead, and nobody really seems to be that upset about it. Everyone's so upset about nobody's it. Nobody's upset about Ted Kaczynski. He killed a bunch of people. His own brother turned him in. Now, you know, you've got a brother, right? Yeah. Can you see your brother turning you in if you committed a crime? Or, to reverse it, if your brother were, were committing crimes, like real bad ones, would you turn him in? Absolutely. That's what I think. I would turn him in, and then I would sit there in the court and go, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> look who's not yeah. coming to dinner tonight. Mom liked me best. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, downtown, let's change gears here without, okay. without even using a clutch. We'll just go right into another gear. Uh, the triathlon over the weekend. There was a, Downtown Springfield was, was popping. Hot popping. And I did what I uh, would normally do in a situation like that and stay as far away from Springfield <laughs> as I possibly can. It was the uh, winner's first triathlon. The second place finisher signed up the day before. The race and the winners of the relay team recruited their swimmer kind as an afterthought, knowing he had not competed since high school. This is the article from Matt's Live. Okay. Organizers, city officials, and competitors, whether they finished first or a thousand and first, declared Sunday's inaugural Western Mass Ironman 70.3 triathlon a success and said the quirks just added to the fun. Oh, yeah, the poo in the water. Yeah. Man, that was the best poo, part. Poo in the water, the... Uh the foul stench of uh, of burning Canadians. Uh, 36-year-old Jessica Turnick of uh, Ottawa said uh, it was a well-rounded great race who finished the f- who finished first in the women's division with an unofficial time of 4 hours 51 minutes and 5 seconds. We like to try different places and it's quite lovely here. Can you imagine doing that for 5 hours? Oh god, I can't imagine doing it for 5 minutes. Some 1400 people registered for the event which started at 6 a.m. with a 1.2 mile swim down the beautiful Connecticut River. Oh, it's breathtaking. Beautiful. You know who finished? Who? Uh Mayor Will Reichelt. Oh, he did? Yeah. What was his time? Uh I don't really know what the time was. I know he posted, well, I don't know. He posted a picture of himself uh, crossing the finish line, and you know the thing about it is, and, and this is not to, uh, you know, this is not to uh, badmouth uh, the mayor of West Springfield by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But he's crossing the finish line. See? Oh, his sign. Oh, yeah. You can't really read the time. Anyway, he's crossing the finish line, and my first thought is, is he crossing the finish line, or is he going through it in the opposite direction in reverse at the starting line? He could be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're doing. Like he, like he, let's just say the race goes off at nine, and at nine oh one he has Ed uh, Ed Sullivan snap the picture of him going in reverse and looking like he's finishing. I guess you could do that. That's what I would do. Yeah. Sure, avoid all that stuff like uh, swimming in sewage. And I don't believe that. Breathing in smoke. I don't believe that for a second. Have you ever seen Ed Sullivan try to work a camera on an iPhone? <laughs> He's the only guy. What is this? Who's still, who ye? Who is he? He's he. He's the only guy in the world still has a cap on his iPhone. Yes. What's as much of a call it here? Now, what do I press? I don't know. Uh, while holding the one end of the tape at the finish line, Mayor Dom Dom was uh, said he couldn't have been happier with the excitement and tourism dollars that the Iron Man brought. I mean, there was a, yeah, was it fourteen hundred runners? And then you had to have at least that many people Watching. cheering them on. Yeah, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, it was really exciting to have to have that. I hear the Bruno Mars show was phenomenal. Uh, I don't know how the Amy Poehler, yeah. uh, uh, you know, Tina Fey show was on Thursday. I heard that went very well. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that that was a very funny show. 
that anybody who went and saw that, the Bruno Mars uh, show. Supposed to be terrific. Supposed to be fantastic. That was two shows he did, Saturday and Sunday. And then uh, then you had this thing on Sunday morning. Then you got Mayor Dom Dom holding up the tape at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on in. Love your tourism dollars. Come on, meatheads. Ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah, I bet you, bet you love swimming in that uh, that pool water for about a mile and a half, huh? I, uh, uh, that's y- called Uptown Funk. Bruno Mars sang about it last night at the Mass Mutual Center. All the restaurants were yeah. doing bang-up business over the weekend. Yeah, everybody uh, everybody going to Theodore's and yeah. Jackalope and the Deems and yep. the Fort and everywhere else. Good times, ma'am. This is what happens in real cities. We should be we should be striving for this kind of activity every weekend. Well, it's an example that it can be done. You know, how many other cities do you see around that uh, you know are have fallen into disrepair and yeah. uh, you know disheveled old buildings and whatnot? Here we are. We're uh, we're taking those old buildings and we're turning them into magic. Uh, sure, but we're also getting people to mill around those buildings on the outside in the yeah. daytime and in the nighttime, but yeah. for mostly the day, the daytime. I think the fact that you got that many people participating in an Ironman uh, competition, many of these people are from way out of town. They compete in these things all the time. Here yeah. they are in Springfield running around the city. Nobody's chasing them, which is the exact opposite of what you would expect on any normal day. And uh, it's considered to be a major success. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah, see, good things are happening downtown. I'm telling you, this is, uh, we are turning things around in this city. Who was it, uh, who was it on Friday night that played the Free Music Friday? Uh, Brass Attack. Brass Attack. I'm sorry, Brass Brass Attack. I mean, Brass Attack. Brass Attack. Yeah, I have to say it right. I believe, don't quote me on this, I think this weekend is Trailer Trash Uh in a rare New Uh England appearance. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know. Never heard of them before. Really? Yeah. Well, uh, I think you'll find they're very popular, and they'll probably have a very big crowd. Well, uh, the good thing is, good things are happening for the downtown area. It's 622 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock at 629 in the Rolling Stones on Rock 102. Mostly sunny today with a high of 79. Tomorrow, cloudy with some rain showers and a high of 76. It's 62 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, Scott Cohen joining us after 7 o'clock, and also uh, another... Keyword to cash coming up after 8 o'clock. Your chance to win 1000 bucks. You ready to laugh? I am. It's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. So an avid golfer hits his ball into the woods. Right. And as he goes to look for it, he stumbles upon a leprechaun who's brewing up some mysterious concoction. What are you making? Asked the golfer. It smells wonderful. Oh, this is magic brew. If you drink it at your golf game, it will improve remarkably and you'll never be defeated, said the leprechaun, right? <laughs> and the guy goes, well, let me have some of that. And the leprechaun says, you can have as much as you like, but just remember the most serious side effect is it will almost certainly diminish your sexual desire, right? Okay. Well, I can live with that, says the golfer, and he drinks a giant cup of it. And the brew works, just as the leprechaun predicted. Within six months, this golfer is now a PGA champion. Then one day, the golfer goes back into the woods to thank the leprechaun. He goes, it worked! It worked! I'm the best golfer the world has ever seen! And the leprechaun scoffs and goes, yeah, but how's your sex life there, big boy? And the golfer says, well, pretty good. I have uh, sex three or four times a week. And the leprechaun says, well, that doesn't sound too good to me. And the golfer goes, 
Actually, it's not bad at all for a Catholic priest in a small church. Ah! <laughs> you see what he did? It was, uh, yeah, he was doing things. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102, it's time for news, and it's brought to you by Naples Home Buyers. They buy homes as is and offer solutions to any problems. Naples Home Buyers. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. One person is dead after a shooting took place on the 300 block of Orange Street yesterday morning. According to Ryan Walsh, officers were sent to a shot spotter activation at the 300 block of Orange Street around 2.30 a.m., Officers found an adult man with a gunshot wound. The victim was taken to Bay State Medical Center where he died. The Springfield uh, Police Department Homicide Unit is investigating along with the Hamden County DA's murder unit. If you have any information about the uh, incident, you're asked to call the Detective Bureau. Uh, A moose that was spotted roaming around Bradley International Airport on Friday had to be euthanized. The Department of Energy and Environmental Protection received reports on the moose on Bradley's property. Out of concern for the airport environment and the safety of the vehicles on Route 20, the Environmental Police and Wildlife Division made the choice to euthanize the moose. Now, was this moose there on a connecting flight or no, uh, he was, business uh, class? He was actually uh, taking his first uh, plane ride all the way up to the... Well, he was going to Canada, and then the wildfires right. were happening up there. So they're like, well, we got to divert you. Is there anywhere else you want to go? In this country, and I'm like, yeah, I'll take. Uh, mm. I, I, yeah. I, it's the moose. Yeah, I, I, I was told, and I could be way off on yeah. this, that if you don't present your real ID, they will euthanize you before you get to the TSA line. See, that's the thing. You really got to get that real ID uh, in place. It saves so many problems. The last thing you do, the last thing you want to uh, have done is be put down yeah. when when you got a flight to catch. And this uh, this moose was uh, clopping through uh, the terminal, mm-hmm. uh, uh, eating a Sabaro slice well, and holding his cell phone. Well, I'm not even sure it even got through TSA in a rush. Well, it, it got through TSA. Okay. Well, all right. Well, originally, they're like, oh, well, this moose is going to Canada. And then the moose is, well, I, I can't go to Canada. There's wildfires up there now. I can't go back home. Uh, where am I going? So then he uh, he's going to New Orleans for the yeah. weekend. Okay, well, you know? should have contacted uh, Orbitz or his flight to, or, or his uh, travel agent before, before going. Kind of weird, though, that they euthanize these animals. It's like they're part of the environment. Couldn't you... Uh, rather than euthanize a moose, couldn't you just like put uh, like a rope around its antlers and like walk him down to into uh, into Windsor, Windsor Locks, yeah, somewhere like around uh, Route seventy five, somewhere, maybe. yeah, and just let him go because I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Windsor, Windsor Locks, South Windsor, loaded with antelope, loaded in the Windsor area, yes, oh. Well, there's a lot of jackalopes over at the ice cream shop in Enfield. You You got that right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Fire crews were sent to the area of 152 Pleasant Street in Granby, Massachusetts, for a motor vehicle crash Saturday night. According to the Granby Fire Department, there was a motor vehicle crash in the area of 152 Pleasant Street late Saturday night. It was asked by the fire department that the area is to be avoided. It was asked by the fire department that the area is to be avoided. (laughs) But all the fire crews have cleared the area. Yeah. Okay. That's so. Wait a minute. You're telling me to clear the area, but you've cleared the area already. 
that's kind of contradictory to what you're asking. Yeah, when can I no longer clear the area? When can I come back to the area? No word on the cause of the accident or if there, if there were any injuries. And since this happened Saturday night, it says that 22 News will continue to update you on this story, but we'll never hear about that ever again. <laughs> They'll talk about it amongst themselves. The annual uh, Grand Floral Parade in Northeast Portland wasn't all sunshine and roses Saturday morning. About 20 minutes before the festivities began, a police and parade officials say a man drove into the parade route. Witnesses uh, said that uh, children had still been standing in had still been in the road grabbing candy when 42-year-old Sidney Sean Meacham came racing through in a pickup truck. I thought someone. Uh, I thought any minute someone was gonna get hit. Tons of little toddlers, little kids were running running around on the road grabbing candy, and all of a sudden, probably uh, about two blocks down, I believe it was a gray pickup truck come barreling down the street. One witness said, "We think he was going about thirty miles an hour, and everybody was screaming, running to get their kids out of the way." Mm-hmm. An officer with the Portland Police Bureau reported seeing Meacham head into the parade route when he saw parade goers running out of the street and heard them screaming, trying to get his attention. The officer then followed the truck by motorcycle heading east on uh, Wielder Street. However, police say Meacham refused to stop and went uh, southeast on another street where the officer pulled up alongside the driver and told him to pull over, only to be refused again. According to the police, the officer tried to uh, drive ahead of the truck to warn pedestrians, but when it seemed like Meacham would hit him, the officer drove out of the way. Before the officer could get in front of the truck to slow or stop it again, police say the man suddenly turned left driving uh, toward family sitting at a curb. This is crazy. No kidding. Officials say the uh, officer continued to follow Meacham as he ran through a barricade and nearly hit parade volunteers. The truck then left the parade route but continued to elude police until officials say Meacham finally stopped at the intersection of uh, North 24th Street. Uh, police arrested Meacham, who now faces charges of recklessly endangering another person, but no word on why he did that. Was he drunk? Doesn't say. He doesn't, uh, he was driving without, uh, no, cited him for driving while uh, having a suspended license, failing to obey a police officer, and not having insurance. But nowhere in there is Mm. anything about drugs or alcohol. Well, that sounds like he's being a jerk. It sounds like he was being a jerk. I Mm. mean, I think you either have to be drunk or mentally ill to be doing something like that. Through a parade. I mean, yeah, listen, everyone's supposed to be uh, enjoying themselves uh, innocently at a parade. A uh, recent donation to a Boston thrift store prompted a hazmat response last week. Boomerangs, a store on Center Street in Jamaica Plain, received a donation of a small lead container with a screw top uh, last week, which was recognized on Thursday by an employee as a, quote, antique lead pig, which was once used to transport radioactive materials. The... uh, the store's manager wrote on Facebook, the store's staff conducted, uh, contacted, I'm sorry, Fenway Health, which owns the store, as well as the Boston Fire Department and the Hazmat Response Team. Hazmat responders determined that while the object had been used to hold the radioactive materials that is usually powdered, and it did not contain, and that it did contain low-level type A radiation, uh, it, it was perfectly safe. There was nothing wrong with it. But a lead pig? I don't know. That's, uh, is that what they call them? Lead pigs? I guess so. I'm picturing a pig in my head, like a statue of a pig. Is that what it is? It doesn't show a picture of what this yeah, thing I know. is. I think it's a... I, 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 I've never seen one. I've never heard anything referred to as a lead pig. A uh, 22-year-old man in Indiana named Frankie Rosa was arrested last week after shooting at a mouse outside. His neighbors called the police when they heard the shots, and then they saw Frankie squatting down in the front yard. 
Frankie admitted he was outside shooting at a mouse in a that was caught in a trap. This guy's kind of shooting at the mouse that's caught yeah. in a trap. Apparently, just apparently, get rid of the trap. Well, apparently he caught the mouse inside and then brought it out, brought it that and the trap outside and shot it. He was trying to finish it off. Kind of uh, that's a redundant, little, didn't it? It's a little it? dark, Frankie, don't you think? It's real dark. And, yeah, he's <clears throat> a little dude's in a trap. He ain't, he ain't going anywhere. I don't think he needed to be shot at that point. I think he could have just slowly uh, died out. Oh, he's just maybe he's just trying to make not the mouse not suffer. But Frankie's in then trouble. Then you don't leave the trap. The trap is meant to make the, the, the mouse suffer. But Frankie's in trouble because a neighbor says that he and his eight-year-old son were outside at the time he fired the shot and was shooting in their direction. He was arrested for criminal recklessness, which is a felony, possession of a controlled substance, possession of narcotics, and dealing a controlled substance. Yeah, I would have to imagine you'd be on drugs if you want to shoot at a mouse. You'd also have to be a very good shot. Your mouse is very small. Yeah, I would use a BB gun for something like that. I wouldn't necessarily go for the 9 millimeter. <laughs> You're just wasting ammunition at that point. How do you even know there's a mouse left after you shot that? There is no gun? mouse left. <laughs> That's one way of uh, of emptying the trap. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny with a high of 79. Tomorrow, cloudy with some rain showers and a high of 77. It's 63 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, uh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 6.51, and Stone Temple Pilots on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be a nice day today, sunny and a high of 80. Tomorrow, not so nice, cloudy with some rain showers and a high of 77. It's 63 right now in downtown Springfield. Brand new episode of Baxi's Musical Podcast today. Went up uh, around midnight. It's a conversation with uh, drummer Larry Meislevic. Larry Meislevic played in a band called Skayfish. This is the first punk new wave and avant-garde band in Chicago back in 1976. It's a phenomenal story of, of that band. But he also played in the touring uh, band with Iggy Pop for two years. Unbelievable stories from uh, from Larry. He's one of the world-class drummers. And you can check that out wherever you find podcasts. All brought to you by Z&M Home Buyers. Find them online at ZNMHomes.com and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. I'm watching a TikTok video the other day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously when I'm watching a TikTok video, I become highly suspect of whether the information is true or not uh, just because it's a assume it's not well I'll assume it's not only because it came from like an NBC affiliate uh, was doing a story it was like it was a story from an NBC affiliate somewhere I don't know if it was like New Mexico or whatever All and right. we're talking about this drug called Ibogaine have you ever heard of this before no. uh, so I I started doing some research on this basically it, the kid was saying in the in the story that they were doing was he was he was addicted to opioids and he went to Mexico to get this drug called ibogaine because it's illegal here it's it's like an african based root it was some kind of root uh, substance from a root plant out there that you can get from it and but it's you can't got, get it here you can't get it here cuz okay. it's under the schedule 1 of lists of of drugs you can get but they're saying that like this stuff like cures people almost instantly of addiction issues. Hmm. That wow. it takes away the um, the withdrawal symptoms, and it also takes away your desire to want more heroin or more opioids or any other kinds of you know pills. Whether whatever method you're taking it in, sure, 
it makes you not want to take it. And it's like a hallucinogenic type of drug. But it's been used, the substance has been used in Western medicine since the 1860s. Uh, Enthopharmacology studies done more than 50 years ago found that purified ibogaine root had beneficial effects for treating fever, toothache, and high blood pressure, According to an article in Progress and Brain Research, now Ibogaine has become part of a contemporary debate in the medical community over its role in the opioid crisis. And they're saying, like, you know, hundreds of people are going to get this treatment and they're almost automatically being cured of this. So uh, is uh, is the FDA looking to do trials on this stuff or are they they talking about even even discussing the idea of of uh, of of some sort of research? No, that's the thing. It's because the pharmaceutical companies pretty much run everything in this country, and you'll never see that become delisted from the Schedule One list. Well, <laughs> you know, for all the for all the years that these same pharmaceutical companies were forcing doctors to prescribe, uh, you know, opioids as a way of managing pain. Yeah, I mean, it was really the pharmaceutical companies that really pressured. Uh, the 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 prescription of these of these kinds of medications, claiming yeah. making all these wild claims that they were not addictive when in fact they were addictive and that you needed more in order to to satisfy the the pain management. To think that they would turn their back on a potential to reverse the damage that they have done as a result of this that's crazy to me. Yeah, the National Institute for Drug Abuse considered a clinical development program to evaluate the safety and potential efficacy of Ibogaine in in the 1990s, according to the agency. It also tasked an independent expert panel to, quote, advise on the merits of pursuing a directed clinical program on Ibogaine. According to NIDA, the panel reviewed preclinical pharmacology, toxicology, uh, human efficacy and safety of ibogaine. Ultimately, the most panel members did not endorse the program, so NIDA ceased its research efforts. So they stopped, you know, researching it. But that yeah. has not completely stopped the research. There's other countries that this is legal in, and the results are promising for people who have severe addiction <sighs> to opioids. Well, here's the good news. Them stalling on this now does not mean that they will stall on this forever. If there's pressure from, let's say, you were to write your congressman, for example, that you would like to see this kind of stuff at least tested here in the States to find out yeah. whether it's safe and whether the claims that it cures uh, opioid addiction are accurate. 700 patients, 91% success rate in keeping people off opioids for longer than three years. Wow. That's a pretty good. That's, that's a pretty good stat, right? But it would be a better stat if you know we had that evidence here to prove it. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we'll never know. We'll just uh, you know have to keep uh, taking it uh, from the FDA. It's uh, six fifty-seven with Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred and two. Want to know what it sounds like to win one thousand dollars? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my God, I can't believe it. You could be next. It's keyword to cash. Oh, yeah. Get details at rock102.com. You know, there's enjoying summer, and then there's really enjoying the summer. 
as a Dunkin' Rewards member. Because Dunkin' Rewards members get a $3 medium Dunkin' Refresher every day, all month long. You can get the strawberry dragon fruit, mango mango pineapple, or the raspberry watermelon Dunkin' Refresher. So if you thought summer couldn't get better, well, just join Dunkin' Rewards. And if you're not a member, just join the app today. Dunkin' Rewards. Save them, stack them, use them how you want. America runs on Dunkin'. Limit one per member per day. Additional charges and terms may apply. Exclusions may apply. Participation may vary. It's a limited time offer. If you're injured in an accident, don't make a mistake that can cost you money. I called Mark E. Salamone. They got me way more than what the insurance company offered. Tell them you mean business. The Salamone Advantage is on your side. Call 1-800-WIN-WIN-1. At Trinity Health of New England. Axe's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Your grilling headquarters. Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the internet is loaded with bottom-feeding, low-life scum, desperate to have their poorly chosen behaviors become pointless viral sensations. Whether it be on your TikToks, your Instagram stories, or on your YouTubes, acting like a belligerent jackass is the calling card for a shocking number of trolls, hacks, jerks, and jackasses. For example... I present to you YouTuber Alex Stein of the Blaze Media YouTube channel. On Saturday morning, Alex Stein confronted WNBA star and former Russian prison inmate Brittany Griner at the Dallas airport. In this video, Stein tries to bang out as many inappropriate questions as he can before Brittany is rushed away by team security. Among the questions that he was able to ask were whether or not she had sex with Vladimir Putin to get released from Russia, He also asked whether she wanted to boycott America still and whether she thought the Russians made a good trade. Needless to say, Brittany Griner did not answer any of these questions, nor did she seem to find any of them amusing. What it did do, however, is provoke the Phoenix Mercury, her team, to adjust the future travel protocols to ensure that nothing like this ever happens again. Here's my problem. Brittany's only crime here was that she tried to take an illegal substance like hemp oil and smuggle it into a communist country. What this young man has done has taken the opportunity to humiliate this poor woman, put it on video, and spread it around social media for his own dubious intentions. And under normal circumstances, I would totally respect that. But his methods are completely pedestrian, half-rate, and mean-spirited. He has also ruined these sort of ambush-style confrontations for the rest of us by forcing teams to reconsider other methods of getting to their connecting flights and departures. In other words, thanks for nothing, Alex Stein, for making everybody else's job so much more complicated. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Bacon and eggs on the Blackstone. The Blackstone four-burner outdoor griddle is 500 bucks all month at Rocky's. Plus, you get the Blackstone breakfast kit free. Breakfast goes outdoors with the Blackstone griddle from your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock, rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 710. And Stevie Nicks at Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be uh, sunny today with a high of 79. Tomorrow, cloudy with some rain showers and a high of 77. It's 63 right now in downtown Springfield. What a breathtaking joy to welcome him back. You could have just ended with breathtaking. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm just trying to sell the sizzle. Uh, it's uh, Scott Cohen. Good morning, Scotty. How are you? Uh, good. Are you? The three of us have something in common. Neither of us swam in the Connecticut River on Sunday. <laughs> Whoops. 
You know, I know uh, the Iron Man is a, is a big deal. You know, it's, it's a it's a it's a big event. Yeah, they do these things all across the country. It's not for it's not for the faint of heart. Hell especially no. ours, especially especially here, here. where where you've got uh, where you've got filthy river water. Yep, uh, loaded with fifty thousand gallons of human waste. Uh, then you have uh, people running around the city. Yep, without being chased, uh, in terrible air conditions. Yep. And then uh, you you got to go on a bike. Thank God! Oh, we got all those new bike paths in the streets of the city. Oh, Thank God! I don't know what we would do without them. I got to tell you, I give I give everybody credit for putting the event together because I guess it was it was a tremendous success. Um, but yeah, I mean, I th- it's like just like you guys. I mean, listen, we we all have our fun with this, but swimming in the Connecticut River, I, I, there's there's people in there all the time. I guess well, they're, they're doing float, what? Floating? floating? <laughs> yeah, they're out there. They're not moving. Yeah. They're out there. They're out there. Yeah. But yeah, I guess. I guess. Hey, always look on the bright side. At least they didn't bump into one of those poor individuals. <laughs> that that we I wonder know. What of. The un, I wonder what the under over on that. Was. I don't know. <laughs> no, they, pun, no pun intended. Yeah. yeah. What, what are the chances you're going to find <laughs> someone who's been in there for a few a few years with uh, concrete shoes? Uh, hey, uh, it did bring a lot of a uh, lot of people to the city sure. of Springfield. Sure. Yeah. For, for the weekend. It did, of course. Yeah. And that and Bruno Mars. And you guys, I heard you earlier talking about uh, had the uh, Tina Fey thing go. Yeah. But- I, I had somebody who I know who went and they said it was amazing. Yeah. And then you got uh, you know free music Friday on uh, on Friday. So yep. every, everything worked out. Everything was good. Everything was good. Everything was good. All right. So far be it from us to All right. so, cast shadows. Oh, and by the way, uh, Will Reichelt, the mayor of West Springfield. Uh, I heard that. To me, fish. I think that could be one of the most impressive things things out of the whole deal you know that's you know that's a lot yeah that's why i never knew he was such an athlete oh he's a he's a rugged tank of a man apparently barrel chested you're not gonna find me doing that Uh, he's got uh his grandpa mickey sullivan there uh (laughs) egging him on come on kid you can do this (laughs) don't give up don't give up don't ever give up he eats thunder and crabs lightning Oh. All right, let's talk about something that is uh, far uh, less impressive. Okay. The, uh, the Boston Red Sox still in last place. They're 500, but barely holding on. They've had some terrible, terrible games here. Terrible, uh, and almost to the point where you almost look at you look at what they've accomplished in the last three weeks, and you say, "How are they still 500? How are they managing that?" Eddie, when it comes to the Red Sox, it's not a competition; it's just an exhibition. Please. No wagering. This, no uh, wagering of any kind. I mean, I, I know we're not even halfway through. Not halfway through. And you're in the toughest division in all of baseball. Yep. But you're playing like straight-up garbage. And even your stars aren't playing well. And, you know, a guy like Chris Sale, you know, I mean, let's... Put on the 60-day uh, DL. At what point does Chris Least Sale... surprising headline of the day, right? I, I know. I mean, he, he, has not, he has not had a single season healthy... That I can recall. Yep. Since he's been here. I since mean, it's, he, it's every year. Since he's been here. And, the, you know, listen, the fact of the matter is, is the, you know, the reason why they're they're performing the way they are is because the, uh, they're, they're just they're just not that good. Um, you know, Hyam Bloom has it, it's his job to, you know, to put a good team together. Um, you know, they let on. Uh, you, you knew what was going to happen with Sale. You you knew that we were going to yeah. be in this situation. Nate Evaldi, their best pitcher last year, he they let him go. Um, they they just they just don't have 
a good enough team. They're they're an average 500 team at best. They can sit here and they can take two of three from the Yankees, you know, play on national TV last night. Everybody's watching. Oh, hey, look, maybe there's some hope here. There's there's no hope. They're a 500 team. In the, and, in the in the 19 years since it's been since they got into the, since they won the World Series. Think about that. 19 years. Um it's it's safe to say that what this team appears to be doing well, is just trying to save money and not hemorrhage yes. the kind of money that some of these other teams are are I mean, hemorrhaging yes. because you know the, the 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 contracts are way out of whack the economics of putting people into uh, into the stands is is not uh, it was not paying for that exclusively you've got broadcast deals all over the place there's loads of money at stake there's low and they and they and they're making tons of money of they course. Ju- they're just choosing you know not to spend it n- not to spend it and, a, so, and it's you know and as soon as everybody gets i mean there should you know i think you know we're kind of beyond uh, the outrage at this point is as bill belichick always says look it is what it is it that's an ad that's a that it that's a uh I'm not going to, maybe this is a little too unfair. It's a triple A and a half team. They've got a handful of, you know, of really decent players every once in a while. You know, you'll get a start from Brian Bayo like they got last night. They're just not that good. Yeah. We just, it, it just, we just have to just enjoy it for what it is. Enjoy the wins, suffer through the losses. They're not going anywhere. Uh, this week, the, uh, the Patriots are going to, uh, to bring in DeAndre Hopkins Yep, and a uh, wide receiver. Uh, you know, Bill Belich- Bill Belichick is pretty high in this guy, but Bill Belichick loves this guy. Yeah, I mean, what do you know? What do you know about him? Is he a good fit, or is he just going to be another guy that is he going to be another Antonio Brown? No, uh, no, 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 not at all. If you uh, there's a, a a scene from um, the Hard Knocks series that I guess is on HBO that you know that they do on football teams in the NFL all the time. Right there, um, you know, if you go look up DeAndre Hopkins, Bill Belichick, there's a really cool scene where they caught the two of them on on the field talking before a game, and you could uh, at, just like Belichick had. Uh, a tremendous respect for Chad Ochocinco. He loved that guy. And the conversation that he had with Hopkins on the field showed mutual respect on both sides. I think uh, Belichick appreciates this guy. He's looking for, you know, he's looking for a one-year deal, $10 million maybe with some incentives. The Patriots have the cap room to sign him. He's a bona fide number one NFL receiver. The I read a I read an article over the weekend where he is uh, I I guess I guess he's the kind of guy who practice. We're talking about practice. Yeah, he's not a big practice guy. Belichick loves practice, so I think that they're probably going to have to work that out. But I w- I wouldn't be surprised if he signed. Wow. Well, okay. Uh, two horses died at yeah. uh, at Belmont over the weekend. Yeah. I know it's uh, you know not at the at the same numbers that uh, Churchill Downs is having, but clearly there's something going on here. You have two horses die in in back to back races, all back to back races, the- which is really bizarre. But nevertheless, that's that's now 14 horses that have died right. in a month and a half. The Arby's next to that racetrack is like seeing the best business they've oh, ever had. Oh, they're yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, uh, they had their two uh, two for one sale. Buy one get <laughs> one free. They get the horsey sauce. They do. Yeah. Um, so, so every single Triple Crown race day this year, uh, the Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont, a horse died on the same racing card as 
the Triple Crown race. That's never, ever happened before. Um, Saturday at Belmont Park, uh, a horse broke down in the 13th race um, at Belmont Park right after the Belmont Stakes and then in the very first race on Sunday, so consecutive races. The uh, same trainer, a guy named Mark Hennig, who used to be uh, a protege of D. Wayne Lucas, who's a Hall of Fame trainer. Hennig was a, a, a super-duper successful trainer when I was covering horse racing full-time yeah. in the early and mid-'90s. And listen, Bax, you know, I can tell you that, that these guys, they care about their animals. They do. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know. They, they've said that they have looked to see if there's any, you know, one thing that can connect all the, all the, uh, the deaths together. They can't. There's no common thread that ties it well, all together. Here's, here's my question about that, because I, I think anyone who is rational looks at something like this and say, well, wait a minute. You say there's no common thread. But you've now had 14 horses die. Something is amiss in this sport. And to continue to see you know, horses die yeah. at, at this rate makes horse racing a real target. It's not sustainable to still have it is not. all these horses with so much money involved it's not. continue unless yep. you find that common thread. There's yep. got to be something, whether it's in training or whether it's uh, doping or you know, whatever it may be, something is not right, and these horses are suffering as a result of it. Right. I um, you know, listen, I'm no, I'm no like you know, equine expert, but one of the things, because I knew we would be talking about this this morning, you know, I mean, one of the things that that you know could be going on here is that you know the those horses, they're all inbred. They're all bred from the, the successful ones. You can, I mean, they put their lineage right, you know, right, right on the racing form. The same pool of horses basically has been, you know, breeding and and birthing these animals. And I don't know, maybe it's something with them, you know, being uh, the, the inbreeding part of it is getting to a point where their where their bones just aren't as strong as they've been before. Um, a lot of times, what happens is there's. I mean, they race horses at at two years old. Uh, they're called juveniles, right? And then when they race at the triple crown level, they're three years old. Horses aren't fully developed until they're four and five years old. So maybe it's a case that you know that the their their bones aren't uh, fully developed yet with some of these guys, but they're not going to change the entire complexion of thoroughbred racing what's happening now is an anomaly i mean horses you know they they got horses get destroyed and i say this like all the time but not not at that level and not in such a short period of time you'd have if you if you went back and read article after article you're not going to see anything go on like what's going on now uh, NBA Finals, Denver is yeah, uh, up Denver. three to one. That's uh, I can't imagine a situation where Miami comes back. No, no, Denver's just Denver's just uh, that much better. Uh, that's just a matter of time before that gets wrapped up. And it looks like the same thing in the Stanley Cup. Las Vegas seems to be head and shoulders uh, over over Florida. At the, at the end of the game the other night in Miami, the Stanley Cup game, all just 
all hell broke loose. It looked like it looked like a scene out of Slapshot. So <laughs> we'll see what will be in store tomorrow night when they go back to Vegas. All right, very good. We'll see you next week. Yeah, see you guys. Good talk, right. Scott. Good, talk. good talking, Steve. <laughs> Always enjoy it. It's seven twenty-three with Bax and Nagel and Rockwell. It's uh, seven twenty-six. With Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It is uh, going to be a nice day. Sunny with a high of 79. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 77. It is 63 right now in downtown Springfield. At 8 o'clock, 11, 2, and 5, uh, you'll hear the keyword to cash being read off today. Could be worth $1,000. You hear the keyword for the day, you go to rock102.com before midnight for your chance to win 1000 bucks. Play every weekday to increase your chances of winning. It's all brought to you by TextMeForTires.com, the, uh, Kim Keogh of the Nielsen team, Libby and Keller Williams, and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, the internet is so slow in this building. I don't know what, uh, what's Amish going on Amish quality. Here. That's, uh, that's that what, what they replaced is? it with, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, Mennonite quality. I mean, they embrace some technology. Not all of it. Not but, much. Not yeah. much. I mean, it has a power cord. But other than that, I believe they're still putting it up with the two by fours and love. Um, didn't really, uh, didn't really do much over the weekend. Just kind of with, with all the things that were going on. Yeah, this is kind of this is the this is the one bad thing about too much activity. With all the things that were going on, there's a part of me that would have liked to have been a part of it, but there's another part of me is saying, eh. It's yeah. too much. Eh, it's just too much. Too much. My uh, my kid was in the uh, in the band for uh, to open up the Starfires game yesterday afternoon, which oh, was, yeah. which was pretty neat. That's they got cool. A, that's a nice uh, nice field they got down there. That Billy Bullens Field in Westfield. Right. Have you ever been there before? No. It's uh, they used to play the uh, the old time baseball there. Remember uh, Bill? Uh, what the hell was his name? The guy who wrote Ball Four. It wasn't Bill. What was his name? Uh, um, um, oh my God, uh, Jim Bouton. Jim Bouton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to have those that that old timey baseball there. Yeah, and they got these in the stands now. Last year they didn't have these, or I don't remember having them. They got these uh, these seats. They're like they're they're on the bleachers because they're cement bleachers. Yeah, but then there's these little plastic like butt seat things. Like, I like a plastic butt seat thing. I like it too. Yeah. It was actually very enjoyable to uh, to watch a game that way as opposed to sitting on hard concrete the entire time. I mean, yeah. you're still sitting on a hard piece of plastic, but it's a little bit more comfy. A little comfy. bit more comfortable, a little more yeah. supportive. Well, you can put your back back. Yeah, that's uh, the good thing. But uh, yeah, they, they do a nice job with those yeah. Starfires games. Yeah, it, it, the, 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 since we moved to Hamden, this is so stupid, but, it, but it, we do it anyway. Since we moved to Hamden, we go downtown less. It's only a 20-minute, 25-minute drive. Downtown Hamden? No, oh, from oh. downtown Hamden to downtown yeah. Springfield. It's not really a long drive, depending on which, or where you go. But it's like, oh, it's so far. It's so removed from everything. Oh, I'm you know? sorry you live so far away from civilization that it's yeah. hard for you to go out. I mean, we it, it, Jenny was at her uh, at the gra- the graduation ceremony at the uh, the school that she works at, and we went to Nadim's on Thursday night. But the only reason we went to Nadim's is because we were already down there. Right. So we almost we almost have to be in Springfield first before we say, "Well, let's go downtown," which is ridiculous. It's like a ridiculous mindset. We should be able to go downtown. Whenever we damn well feel no. like it, you get uh, you you get comfortable and you're a little uh, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You do, and it, and it's pointless. You know, we when we were living in Springfield, we go downtown all the time, all the time. We were always down there, and now look at us. 
Now we're it's, like it's like another world away, isn't it? We're like hostile suburbanites who so, wouldn't dream of going to the big city. You could probably make it to downtown Springfield in fifteen minutes from your house. Probably could. Yeah. Yeah. And here you are complaining about that. Yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I just can't get up off the couch to yeah. get in the car to drive all the way a fifteen minute drive. It takes me at least forty minutes to get anywhere. Right. So it does really doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, oddly enough, we'll we'll drive to Evan's egg house in Ludlow. Yeah. On a on a Saturday or Sunday morning. Without batting an eye. But you had the idea of going into downtown Springfield, which was like another five, ten minutes away. Just do it, man. I know. I mean, but I don't even know why we do this. Why it's so difficult. There's so much to do down there. Yeah. There's a tons. There's tons. Yes, and yet, there is. We're too lazy to go down there. You'd rather go to Ludlow, where they want to ban books. We'll Please. talk about that coming up in a couple minutes. It's 7.30. News is next to Rock 102. Four with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Banks. One person is dead after a shooting took place on the 300 block of Orange Street Sunday morning. Uh, according to Ryan Wallace, officers were sent to that area for an activation of a spot shot around 2.30 a.m. Officers then found an ma- adult man gunshot uh, victim. The victim was then taken to Bay State, where he later died. The Springfield Police Department homicide unit is investigating, along with the Hamden County DA's murder unit. If you have any information about the incident, you are asked to uh, to call the Springfield Police, or you can text the tip as well. I'm trying to uh, get this uh, story up here. It was it like a, a hazardous material that was found in some park around here? Really? Yeah. Well, we'll never find it. Cause That's I, all right. I, I couldn't get it. Let's go over to uh, Ludlow. At the center of the uh, debate about books in Ludlow is contention over what some are describing as, quote, sexualized content for students in public schools. Mm -hmm. Much of the focus is on on books on the shelves at libraries for elementary and middle school students. And depending on who you ask, a proposed book policy is either about removing literature with sexual references or excluding materials about LGBTQ topics. The policy itself has come under question since the school committee member who introduced it in May says he found it with a Google search and apparently copied it from the Central Bucks School District in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Well, that's how most policies are written. You just copy and paste them from a Google yeah. uh, search. Now, um, isn't it interesting that this is an educational type of idea about the whole uh, book thing, and yet here he is, um, well... Um, well, I haven't gotten a hint. Violating, uh, like, you know, copyright infringement? I guess so. Joe Diaz, uh, a first-term member of the Ludlow School Committee, said he found the policy with an internet search and did not have an attorney vet it. Parents at the most recent Ludlow School Committee meeting argued that books in Ludlow schools contain graphic content they labeled pornographic. Over the past few years, a debate about books has ensued across the country. In some states like New Hampshire, divisive topics such as race and gender are outlawed, and the penalties include educators losing their teaching licenses if they fail to follow the new rules. A lawsuit hmm. by New Hampshire teachers is challenging the legality of that law. The proposed book policy in Ludlow also has, has its penalties. Under Diaz's proposal, teachers who do not follow the policy could be disciplined or fired. A history with uh, a group called Mass Resistance in Ludlow has also made people uncomfortable with the tone and direction of the debate in town. The group, the group, a self-described pro-family activist organization based in Waltham, uh, wrote a 13-part series of articles in June of 2021 that accused teachers at Ludlow's Middle School of pushing radical LGBTQ and sexual agenda on students. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, but uh, if you feel like your teachers are brainwashing your kids... They can't even get half of them to do their homework. 
<laughs> what do you think you're going to you're going to brainwash these kids? Listen, I think uh, most uh, most parents know their kids well enough. Yeah. That even if you brainwashed them, you, they'd probably find a way not to do what you're asking them to do. Right. The uh, founder and director of Mass Resistance, Brian Carmenker, told Mass Live that he does not believe students should be taught LGBTQ subjects in middle school and compared members of the queer and transgender communities to having a, quote, mental illness. We don't consider transgenderism to be anything, Carmenker said. It's like a mental illness. It's dysphoria. In some ways, it's a sexual problem that people are having. <clears throat> Medically speaking, that's what it is. People are not born in the wrong body. The views held by Carmenker and mass resistance are not in the minority nationally speaking. According to a July 2022 study by the Pew Research Center, among U.S. overall adults overall, six out of ten say that a man or woman is determined by their sex assigned at birth. However, the idea that transgender people suffer from mental illness is considered to be outdated by medical experts. Yeah, so they're saying, going back to this book ban thing, because right. that's just how they feel about things, even though the policy would give the board of elected officials the final say on selection and purchase of library material, materials, Diaz insists it's not a book ban, as other states and communities have called them. Well, if you're preventing a book from being right. put into a library, that is essentially a ban, isn't it? I think... <sighs> we go back to the argument that was made last week. If you are trying to establish guidelines on which books go into which library, you've got four yeah. different libraries, four different schools, four different age groups in Ludlow. Yeah. If you're trying to establish guidelines of which books go to the high school right. library as opposed to the elementary uh, school library, that's one thing. If you're talking about eliminating certain books from all schools based on their content, that's another thing. I also think that if you're trying to make an argument about gender identification to make your point in this, you're severely missing the point of this. Because the point of it is there are so many other books that you're not focused on right. that do have this content in them that you would take offense to, but you don't know it's there because you haven't even checked to see if it's there or not. I'm telling you, there's tons of materials in a library that sure. anybody could be of any one person could be offended by. I absolutely, absolutely agree. I think you're right. You, there should be some sort of like you know age appropriateness thing. That's just the always publishers the, often. That's always the way it's been. Publishers often do that with books anyway. But I, but nevertheless, if the argument is going to be, well, I don't want my kid to learn about you know gender identity. Well. I got news for you. Yeah. That argument, that is not, it's never going away. It, it's not going away. It is now part of our dialogue. Whether you like it, accept it or not, it's just a fact. But it's, it's out there. It's, it, it, it's, it's no different than, you know, any other thing that society had to deal with that, that created a major change in point of view. It's another thing. So, if you're trying to attach this belief system to whether or not you put books in schools, to me, it's two totally separate situations. Yeah. And if you want to argue about you know, gender roles or identification or pronouns, then 
Go ahead and have at it. You're going to wind up not winning that but, conversation. But see that that that's they're using that under the guise of of the book policy. Whereas this has been going on for years. These materials have been in these libraries. We, you know, you and I have, have discussed specific yeah. books that yeah. you know if you reassess these books today, many of them wouldn't pass muster simply because of the uh, of the political correctness of of our time right this moment. But you know, we're talking about classic books. Again, I have no problem with age-appropriate guidelines for each individual library and whatever school they sit in. That, to me, is a is is a not an easy discussion, but perhaps a worthwhile discussion. And that those guidelines have to be ambiguous enough to realize that certain things in our culture change over time. I just I I really want them to come out and say. This, this is the child that was damaged by all the books that were in this library. Mm-hmm. There, there's none of that. There's not. There's, there's nobody using any example of how this has affected any one person or group of people at Ludlow. Listen, I felt damaged having to read some of Shakespeare's sonnets. Beowulf, I yeah. had nightmares over. Not because of the content, but because I hated the book. We had to read Our Town. You know how horrible that book is? Yeah, I know. I know. And then the and then the Mice and Men. He kills a lady at the end. He kills her because she's like a rabbit. She's all cute and cuddly. We had to read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in high school. Yeah. What a remarkably boring book that was. Yeah, well, you know. Boring. The- Boring. Most, I, I most, suffered post-traumatic stress disorder as a result of that book. I've never been so bored in my life. I would uh, I would uh, welcome uh, reading about uh, certain things. What was that Alaska book where the lady was reading the passage from it? And oh, yeah, yeah. Reading all the things out of it? Yeah. I'm like, all right. Now you're talking Dear my- Dear Penthouse. That's my kind yeah, of book. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's just- no one has seemingly been affected by this other than the people who are complaining about something that they haven't even really read themselves. Well, they, they read it at the meeting. Listen, and they heard the excerpt. There are some situations where a kid who may have certain uh, predilections toward violence or uh, maybe acting out in a certain way may have a, a different reaction to a book than most students uh, would do. Um, you're right. Remember back in the 80s, there was this whole thing about, you know, whether certain record albums should be labeled, you know, to let parents know what their kids were listening to. Classic albums like, you know, Prince's Purple Rain and, you know, some of the Ozzy Osbourne records. And God forbid you listen to a Frank Zappa, a Frank Zappa record and not be damaged. But again, it's like we get so damn afraid of words and ideas that we just think that these things are going to just destroy society and yet they haven't no they haven't and uh you know the real issue here is the school budget is short by two and a half million dollars and they're going to be laying off some teachers do you really think your 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 focus should be on that what what parent hasn't said in the last 10 years Gee, it sure would be nice if my kid would get off his phone and read a book. Well, I'm sure that a lot of people have said that, but yeah, but you know what I mean. It's like, yeah, okay. Well, listen, maybe it's good for a kid to read a book, and maybe it's good that Catcher in the Rye is one of them. 
That has swear words in it. I know. And sex with hookers. I know. And yet, I read that one in high school without batting an eye. Well, uh, I guess uh, it gives it gives people like uh, Mr. Saloyo something to do during the day. I guess so. Yeah. He sounds like a guy that would purchase his pornography. <laughs> and like he way, hasn't figured out how to get it for free. And spent way too much well, time emailing the Bax and Nagel show. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm gonna do the right thing and purchase this. I'm not gonna go on Lobster Tube and <laughs> find it for free myself. Your Pioneer Valley <laughs> forecast. <laughs> Your Pi- one and the who. With Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be a sunny and nice day today with a high of 79. Tomorrow, rainy with a high of 77. It is uh, 68 right now in downtown Springfield. <sighs> Let's see here. Uh, the keyword to cash coming up in just a little bit. Your chance to win $1,000. You'll hear it at 8 o'clock, 11, 2, and 5. And uh, you hear it right down at rock102.com. Maybe 1000 bucks is yours. Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Could be. You ready to uh, get this show? Oh, 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 I'm playing the clip before it even happens. Are you ready to hear this? I am. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Yankees radio announcer John Sterling got hit by a foul ball, but still called the final outs of the game. How about that? You ready to hear this? Yep. The belt. Now the 3-2 swung on a pop foul. Back here. Ow! Oh! Ow! My eye! It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. So once again, it'll be a three-two. Wow! He wow. continued what a, what a to go. I like. I like that. Uh, the three-two swung on a pop foul. Back here. Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> Ow! I'd be I'd be crying like a little schoolgirl. That's I'd gotta be. hurt. You ever been hit by a baseball in the head? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, and it's not pretty. I got hit. Smarts. I got hit in the cheekbone once. I got hit baseball. right in the nose. Oh, oh, man. oh yeah. yeah, not pretty, man. Not oh, good. Gross. Yeah. Uh, here's a, oh, where is that? Oh, yeah. Number yeah. two. Number two. Yeah. When promotional stunts go wrong, you talked about this in your view from the couch. During a timeout in Miami the other night, it was planned for Conor McGregor to come in uh, onto the NBA floor and punch the heat mascot, Bernie. He would get knocked out. Staffers would drag him off the court. What was not planned was McGregor punching him twice in the face with full force. The guy in the costume had to go to the ER. He's going to be okay and is going to and back for their next home game. Here's the president of the UFC, Dana White, and he coach Eric Spolostra. And with their takes on the hard punches, ironically, it was to promote McGregor's pain relief spray. <laughs> I saw the Deontay Wilder one, too. What's up with mascots wanting to get punched in the face by professional fighters? What do you expect? What are those mascot things made out of? Unless you're like the Golden Knights mascot. I don't even know what the hell he wears, but I'm assuming it's a metal helmet. I wouldn't have professional fighters punching me in the face if I was a mascot. Doesn't seem like the brightest thing in the world. How does it say about your mascot that he can take a punch from Conor McGregor, bounce back, and still be ready to go likely in the next home game? That's the Miami Heat toughness. <laughs> we won't reveal who that is, but he's tough. You can take a punch and get back up. And, yeah, he's Damn. not going to miss any time. Wow. Listen, uh... It wasn't like uh, Bernie the mascot was posing a real threat to Conor McGregor. Like, uh, you know, even with those big giant boxing gloves and his little hands. Yeah. He was no threat. No, he was not. But uh, 
He got he got clocked pretty good. Yeah, though. dude can't take a punch. Uh, here's another clip. A mother of three is getting praise on TikTok after putting on her old Hooters uniform 30 years later <laughs> to use it as motivation to stay in shape. The comments are filled with people praising her and sending her vibes. Here's Nikki Merrill showing off the old uniform. February of 1993, I was 19 years old, and I started working at Hooters. This is my outfit from back then. It's now 2023, 30 years later, and I put on my uniform that I found in the attic. So this is me, 30 years later. She uh, she doesn't look bad yeah. in, in the outfit, but the voice, I, I wouldn't be able to order from somebody like that. Sure you could. No. Well, you liked it, eh, huh? <laughs> Well, listen. I mean, you're not really at uh, at at Hooters for the audio quality of the of the uh, of the service. No, it's the visual. It's all I visual. I know, but when that uh, that chicken wing now looks like a piece of pizza hanging down, you know, uh, I didn't know they served canned ham and pizza here at Hooters. <laughs> What's that all about? Is that yeah. pepperoni? Oh, I hope it is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Stop. Uh, Walgreens has <laughs> debuted a new store design in Chicago that is just two aisles, and almost everything is stored in the back. You can order what you want from kiosks, and employees grab it for you. Here's a breakdown of the concept posted on their social media. So this is totally different. No big displays or checkout counters, and the pharmacy is down the hall. You can place an order in the Walgreens app before you come in, or just roll up to the kiosk and find what you want. Then the Walgreens team shops for you. Oh, well, okay. there you go. Well, you're yeah. having somebody else do more work for you. Yeah, well, that's perfect. I'm sure the Walmart employees well, really enjoy that. Uh, don't you read a lot of information on the containers before you buy something at the drugstore? I like to compare or contrast things by price and quality. What about when they, uh, you know, I would send my kid in to, hey, return this preparation H and see what they say. <laughs> Make them uncomfortable behind yeah. the counter. Uh, my dad wants to return this. He says it doesn't taste right. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a good toothpaste. <laughs> and uh, finally, a Las Vegas family is claiming that they saw a UFO. I am totally behind these people. Yeah, I'm getting into this UFO thing. It landed in their backyard, and they saw tall aliens with big eyes. Here is the 911 calls and the interactions between the officers and witnesses. I swear to God, this is not a joke. They're like nine foot, ten foot tall. They look like aliens to us. Big eyes. They have big eyes. I have butterflies, bro. Everyone thought a shooting star. Then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. It was like a big creature. Because I'm not going to BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky, too. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of curious. Did you yeah, see anything land in your backyard? Or? If those nine foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. <laughs> that, I ain't dealing with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. It's not funny when you've been scared by an alien. Are you hoping to find one, or have you seen one? I'm kind of hoping to see one. Yeah. I thought I might have seen something one day, but then uh, I wasn't going to say anything. Sure, what was like one of those eye floaters or something? No, uh, maybe it was. Yeah. Oh, squiggly line, squiggly <laughs> line, floating in my eye fluid. I see you there, but each time I look at you, you float away. <laughs> Why must you do that, squiggly line? And that. Is now here. This it is 757 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you, folks? 
It's always been my belief that the toughest job in sports is being the man and or woman behind the foam rubber getup. Talking about the person whose hard-earned sweat and motivational tactics help create a groundswell of excitement, enthusiasm, and goodwill amidst both difficult times and thrilling victories. Yes, it is the mascot. And yet we openly dismiss what they do as if the person sweltering in that fluffy suit is not worth our respect. Well, I'm here to tell you that is false. This should be a vocation of dignity and praise. Sadly, not every muscly-headed dirtbag shares that sentiment, and that's why you had the situation you had Friday night in Miami in which Bernie, the current mascot for the Miami Heat, was savagely brutalized by UFC fighter Conor McGregor during Game 4 of the NBA Finals. In a pre-planned courtside skit to promote pain relief spray, Bernie was to confront McGregor on the court while wearing oversized foam rubber gloves. These sort of gloves, while not sanctioned by UFC regulations, were purely used as a prop and were not as a means of inflicting injury or opposing a threat against Conor McGregor. However, McGregor, who has had a long history of violent outbursts against bathroom equipment and charter buses, aggressively punched Bernie in the head not once, but twice, as if the Miami Heat mascot was posing some sort of immediate threat. It was here where Bernie was knocked off his feet and sent to the emergency room to attend to his injuries. Now, I understand that Bernie was wearing boxing gloves, and I understand that Conor McGregor is a former champion, but this was not supposed to be a real fight. This was a marketing opportunity that led to a guy in a foam rubber suit being sent to a hospital because the muscly-headed moron didn't know how to ease up on his punches. The guy wasn't posing a threat. It wasn't a sanctioned fight. Instead, you hit a mascot in the face and punched him again when he was down on the ground. What kind of bloodthirsty animal does this? The good news is that Bernie was back at work the following day. The bad news is that Conor McGregor's walking around thinking he just qualified for another shot at the title. But the only title he's qualified for is to be named the biggest jerk in sports. But hey, and FMI Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, the $99 can't-miss Father's Day winner, the Milwaukee M12 Drill Driver Impact Driver Combo Kit from Rockies. 99 bucks with your Ace Rewards card. You're saving 70 bucks. And Dad gets a brand-new high-quality Milwaukee power tool as a result. You'll find that at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8-12 in Rush with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It is uh, going to be a nice day today. Sunny and a high of 80. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 77 and maybe some rain showers. It's 65 right now in downtown Springfield. You played uh, Little League Baseball as a kid, right? I did. I also played the keyword to cash, which you should really do oh, right yeah. now before Let me we d- get any thank further. Thank you very much for You're reminding welcome. me. Yeah, yeah uh, it's time for the keyword to cash, a $1,000 <laughs> keyword. Today's word is the word Love. That's love. L-O-V-E, as in I would love to win $1,000 from Rock 102. You go to the Keyword to Cash contest page on rock102.com. You enter the word love, spelled correctly, for your chance to win $1,000. you got until midnight to enter today's $1,000 keyword. It's love, L-O-V-E. Good luck from Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Well, there you go. Yes, I did play Little League, by the way. I did, I did too. And, uh, you know... There's always a... I played for the Bonsai Steakhouse. What do we play for? I think we played for the Grange Hall. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Grange yeah. Hall. The yeah. Grange Hall, right. yeah. Uh, Taunton West Little League will be without umpires for their playoffs. The Greater Taunton Amateur Baseball Umpire Association suspended 
all officiating after two of their umpires were threatened following a game. Profanity, verbal harassment, I'm going to meet you in the parking lot, explains uh, uh, umpire president Dominic Damiano. It gets overbearing when it starts to affect the kids, and the kids see it, and that's a line crosser right there. Late in the game, a controversial call took place uh, uh, off the uh, the board for the home team. Damiano says the home plate umpire put his hand up to stop play. However, neither the batter nor the pitcher noticed him doing this. So when the pitch came in, the batter smacked in a two-run double to take the lead in the game. The umpire called the play back because, again, Mm -hmm. the ball was never actually in play. So that pitch should never have happened and the kid should never have hit a double. (coughs) Damiano says the umpire did the right thing. They, uh, They said, we have to pull these guys back. I never put the ball in play. The batter strikes out. So does the kid after him. And that is when absolute chaos breaks out. Yeah, they took two runs off the store scoreboard. Yes. The uh, the umpire uh, at the time, Paul Nato, was behind the plate. He said fans started chanting at uh, him and the other umpire, claiming they needed to earn their $50 pay and that they didn't know the rules and that there was booing and heckling. Uh, but the Taunt fans took it a step further. After the game, parents continued to harass these two umpires, and Nato claims that at least two fans threatened to attack the umpires by the concession stand and again in the parking lot. We threatened to call police, and one gentleman pulled the other gentleman away and said, well, you're lucky because this guy's a cop. And as soon as we got in the parking lot, the gentleman was out there waiting for us, and more people followed us out, uh, continued to accost us to start a fight and call out names. You know what? These are adults doing this. These aren't the kids on the team. These are the adults who can't behave themselves at a baseball game. And you can argue... Listen, you can take issue with any call that you want, but you know what? The umpire has the final say. And that's it. And how many times have you witnessed in any of sports where the call was overturned? How often does that happen? Not all that much. Not very often at all. No. The call sticks. The uh, the umpire association just has decided to suspend all officiating with the league by saying that these incidents violate their contract. They're going into playoffs. The mayor of Taunton, you know, wants to come up to some resolution. But I got to tell you, when I hear stories like this, I mean, I'm kind of outraged like you are. Yeah. It's not as a parent. I know that there. I've observed other parents misbehaving at. Yeah. Their child sporting events. I've seen coaches events. do it before. Of course, I've listen. I I remember playing as a kid. Uh, there was a coach for another team. They're not our coach, but the coach was screaming at the kids in a, in really what was a, an abusive way. Mm-hmm. Parents didn't say anything. Uh, you know, the, the kids are just you know they're just trying to play baseball. But the coach was screaming at them, swearing at them. Mm-hmm. And even the umpire had to say, "Listen, dude, you you got to calm down. This is this is not right. You know, you you should not be be acting like this. Abusing your exactly. Players. Yeah. The line then, you know, you can point to the these uh, the small group of parents that kind of also feel as though they've got a right to abuse an umpire for simply making a decision that you may or may not agree with, but your kids are watching you do this." Your kids are watching you behave this way. They're learning from you rather than learning the idea of good sportsmanship. Yeah. 
they're learning that if I disagree, the only thing I can do is berate and threaten someone with physical harm. No, you got to do what I do. Uh, sit there next to another parent and uh, talk about the umpire behind his back when he can't hear you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Look, but at, the, this, look the, at this guy. But the moment you... <laughs> <laughs> but the moment you get out of your, out yeah. of your seat, to follow this guy behind the concession stand to show him a little yeah, what they're for. Like how, then that, the line's crossed. How angry are you at your kids' sporting events that you feel the need not only to argue with an umpire, yeah, but to... And, and it's not even arguing like, come on, ump, that was a bad call. Like, that's not even, it's not even that. It's like physically getting up, walking over to the person, yelling at them. Yeah. And then being still so angry at the end of the game that you follow the man out to the parking lot. Like, Listen. like the guy's just doing a job for crap money. Yeah. He's, getting, he's getting paid 50 bucks per game to make sure that, this, yeah. that, this, that everyone's following the rules. And yet, here's the thing that uh, parents need to understand. At the Little League level... Nobody's going to get uh, recruited for a college scholarship, nor are the pros scouting your kid in Little League. Secondly, everyone's getting the same participation trophy at the end of the year, the same banquet yeah. as everybody else. And what kind of parent are you that you don't use those moments? Okay, let's say you had a bad call during the game. Yeah. Right? And it happens. There, there's Umpires are human beings, too. They make mistakes. But not, you know, not at the pro level. Not at the pro level at all, but um, <laughs> the guy makes a mistake. and But but the decision still stands. Yeah. That's the rules of the game. And why are you not using it as a teachable moment for your kid to go, listen, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Like, this is the way it goes. Like, sometimes you don't always get what you've wanted to have happen during a game. I'm I'm always amazed. By, I mean, because because there are there are parents they'll get mad at officials, but I'm always amazed by the parents that it will yell at the coaches because their kid's not getting played enough or they're not getting the ball enough for whatever whatever reason. They're you know they're still yelling at coaches, other kids, umpires, whatever it may be. Now Taunton does what a lot of other. Uh, cities and towns do, especially in Massachusetts. Every parent has to sign a code of conduct waiver. Mm. So if there's ever a problem with their conduct, ultimately the umpire or referee or the official gets to decide whether or not you have been in violation of that. Right. And if you violate it more than once or twice, then you're no longer then you know you lose your privilege to go, and your kid could get bounced off the league. Right. In a situation like this. I got to tell you, you got a whole bunch of parents that have violated the terms of that agreement. I think you just told me a way to get out of going to games. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, you know what? If I just become an a-hole to this umpire, I won't have to sit here for two hours every Wednesday yeah. and Thursday night. <laughs> I, I understand. You're right. You're absolutely right. And there is something to be said about that. But your kid learns from yeah, your I behavior. Know. I get it. Yeah. And uh, you know you don't want them to feel as though the only way to resolve a disagreement is by screaming and yelling and threatening violence. I just, I don't understand, like, the, the level of anger. Like, is this the place to be, uh -huh. to be unleashing your anger? I wouldn't think it is, but... Probably, you know what it is? It's probably you have no control over anything else in your life. And yeah. this is the only thing you can control. 
I'm going to beat this umpire down so badly with names and words and mm-hmm. then threaten him with violence because I didn't like the call he made during my eight-year-old's Little League game. Listen, I know the disappointment yeah. that the child feels. I remember uh, I could have made state. Could have made state. Could have made state. Could I was one knee injury away that from was becoming it. a pitcher in the next pitcher for the Red Sox. Doug Gunn and I'm going to live vicariously for my U10 soccer playing kid. Make sure that they never have a disappointment in their life that they might possibly learn from. You know, I... Uh, I really would just expect people to behave themselves like like adults when you go to these things. <laughs> that's, but that's where you and but, I are naive. But, you know, this might bring into play, and obviously this isn't going to be recorded or anything, but what is the alcohol situation like? You know, we've heard about these moms and dads bringing oh, yeah. booze to the field, and, uh, you know, that might be an issue too. If you're drinking on the sidelines while you're watching the game, you're getting irritated. It's a possibility. It is. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past them. But it is also, you know, it only takes like one person to behave like a moron. Yeah. To the and then you got like a mob mentality. So if like it takes one or two people to start acting stupid, then you got a whole gaggle of it. And then the kids <sighs> get involved because they feel like, you know, well, this is the right thing to do. You know, rove, you, you've been beaten up by a roving band of. Uh... <laughs> Of unwatched youth. <sighs> go, go, go. Don't beat me up. It's 823 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's uh, 825 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Oh, hey. Hey, what are you, you doing? Uh, the Big Bonk and Smoke is going to, believe it or not, the Big Bonk and Smoke is happening a week from Wednesday, June 21st. I can't believe it's here already. That's crazy. I know. Uh, it's coming on Wednesday the 21st at the Log Cabin. Come and enjoy a fun, fun night with the beautiful views off the side of Mount Tom. Your admission includes a few cigars from the Cigar Room 2 in Agawam. You get a t-shirt from GG Inc.'s custom printing, and the food is always fantastic at the log cabin. Hors d'oeuvres, dinner, dessert, details, and tickets available at rock102.com. You can also purchase tickets in person at the Cigar Room 2 in Agawam. So if you want to start loading up on cigars now, knock yourself out. Cigar smoking is not a safe alternative to cigarettes. you got to be over 21 with a positive ID to enter. It's the Big Bonk and Smoke, June 21st, at the Log Cabin, brought to you by Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, Aquapump, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Thank God that smoke is gone, or or at least the thickest part of it is gone. Well, you know, if, uh, if the uh, wind patterns change, we could see that all over again. You said something like 400-something fires burning up there? 400, yeah, like 450. That's insane. Yeah. And then, you know, the thing is, only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, Smokey's full of crap. Yeah. I'm Although, sure uh, other things could have prevented a forest fire. Well, wasn't weren't most of these created by lightning strikes? I would imagine so. Yeah. I just remember uh, learning about ecology and all that stuff. And basically, uh, forest fires are supposed to happen. You're supposed to have a natural occurrence of forest fires. Lightning right. strikes them. It burns off all that stuff at the bottom of the uh, the, the what are, what do they call that the buildup like the the uh, the thicket the thicket of, uh, of right the woods. The ground and, cover yeah but when when you prevent forest fires and you'd prevent that from happening and then all of a sudden when you finally do get a wildfire mm-hmm. then all hell breaks loose and this is what we're watching now yeah but you you wind up having an ecological disaster as a result of this I mean how, how many 
thousands of millions of acres are being destroyed by these fires. Or people. People being evacuated from their homes. Yeah. The towns that are nearby these uh, forests and all that stuff, I mean, uh, you can't sustain life in there. No. I mean, you know, thankfully, you know, a lot of these foresty areas are not heavily populated. You know, it's not like they're having forest fires in Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver. Smokey Bear was kind of creepy, wasn't he? Any any bear wearing a hat. Only you. Y- yeah. yeah. You know, it's like that's, I don't know, dude. I mean, that's uh, I know you're just trying to help with the forest fires and everything, but you're yeah. creeping me out. I uh, I remember back in the 90s, they had this uh, kind of, they're trying to revamp Smokey uh-huh. and like uh, have all these fun little country tunes and things like that. Yeah. It didn't really work. Now we now we have. Did Smokey say only you can prevent four hundred and thirty six forest fires? No, he didn't. Yeah, probably stopped at like two or three. Yeah, yeah. Lazy bear. Bear doesn't know what he's talking about. <sighs> it's eight twenty eight. News is next. A Rock one hundred two. Eight thirty one with Bax and Nagel on Rock one hundred two. It's time for news, and it is brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. One person is dead after a shooting took place on the 300 block of Orange Street Sunday morning. According to spokesperson Ryan Walsh from the Springfield Police, officers were sent to a shot spotter activation uh, at around 2.30 a.m. where they found an adult man suffering from gunshot wound. The victim was taken to Bay State Medical Center where he died. The uh, Springfield Police Department Homicide Unit is investigating along with the Hamden County District Attorney's Murder Unit. If you have any information about this incident, you're asked to call the Detective Bureau. Uh, An unknown hazardous material was found on the Bliss Park Playground on Sunday in Longmeadow. According to the Longmeadow Fire Department, the state police hazmat team along with the Longmeadow Police Fire and the Department of Public Works are investigating the material the playground will remain closed until further noticed, and there's no threat to the public. What kind of uh, substance are we talking about? I don't know. Somebody sent me uh, the picture that this woman put up of her kid getting burned by the by the chemical at the bottom of the slide, and uh, it was a it was blacked out, you know where it should be, but somebody poured it. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Somebody poured a chemical at the bottom of one of the slides. Yeah, let's see. Is that see. what they're uh, saying? Yeah, this is, uh, let's see, a message from the Ludlow Emergency Management. Today, June 11th, an unknown hazmat material was found on the Bliss Park playground structure, the state police, and all those people. Bliss playground will be closed until further notice, no threat to the public. On the Longmeadow Mass Open Forum, a woman wrote this. This is a photo of my two-year-old daughter after she slid down the slide at Bliss Park this morning into a puddle of muriatic acid hydrochloric acid she and my one-year-old son were both burned and it is my understanding that at least one other child was also injured the empty chemical bottles were found discarded in the woods nearby shortly after the police arrived at the park after i called the police and fire department have been very thorough in their investigation and were in contact with us all day but there's no video surveillance at the park the reason i'm posting this is because i'm urging folks Living nearby to check your home security cameras just in case you might have seen anything as to some clue who this was. There's a sizable puddle of this chemical collected in the bottom of the slide, and it was very concentrated. It was burning our eyes and noses when we got close. This could have uh, turned out much worse if any child had had gotten into a child's eyes or had been ingested. Yeah, that... uh, uh... Are you... Hold on a second. Yeah. So you know this park, right? Yes, okay. that's right. I know where it is. You know where it is. Yeah. Are you surprised to hear there's no 
are they saying there are no cameras at that park or no cameras of, of that particular area of the park? Uh, there's no cameras at the park or maybe it, maybe it's not in that area. I don't know how that how that works. Does that seem real surprising to you? Because that seems really surprising to me. Not really. I mean, up until about 10 years ago, there was no cameras at Stanley Park over in Westfield, and then some douchebag kid killed a swan, and then now they have cameras all over the place. Right. So it's really, you know, I don't think people really think that far ahead going, hey, maybe we should put surveillance cameras over here. I just don't think it's one of those things that is needed until something unfortunately happens. Well. So you have what used to be a pool over there. You got the tennis courts, and then you got all this playground equipment. I would think that you know Longmeadow could probably afford a couple of cameras. I mean, you know, something like something like this. I mean, you know, hydrochloric acid could have killed one of these kids. Really, I mean, if there was enough of it, and if the kid just happened to fall into it the wrong way, this is serious stuff. I mean, I understand that you know this person was trying to make a point but i really don't see the need of putting the injury of the child up on facebook um in the location where it is yeah well i mean they're not naming the kid no they're not naming the kid but you have a picture now i don't know it's just it's just seemingly not something yeah that well, I, I would strongly suggest that uh, that somebody in Longmeadow, and I don't know who it is, I don't know if it's the town or the uh, the townspeople, you know, put their port- torches and pitchforks to you know back near the uh, the Audi, but um, they should get cameras. Yeah, it might be a good idea. Yeah, I, I I would think cameras. That's that's what I would do. You probably got cameras all over the Longmeadow shops. Oh, I'm sure there's plenty of cameras there. Yeah, maybe you should maybe uh, take one of those two down and. You put them over there by the park. By the way, I was over in that uh, that parking lot uh, at the Longmeadow Shops yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. And first of all, they still haven't redesigned that parking lot. It's the it's the worst designed under, parking lot in the area. Well, I don't know why anybody thought that was a good idea to put the spaces the way they are. It there. was almost better the way it was. Yeah, and uh, but there's a sh- there's a store over there or a uh, medical clinic or something. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like plastic surgery or something. I think it's like Botox. Oh, really? Isn't that what that is? It's like a. That's not the uh, the the emergency center. No, 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 no. This is like a. It says rejuvenation place. A rejuvenation usually means Botox. Yeah, but wouldn't you think that a town like Longmeadow, like uh, you know, ready access to Botox would be very would would go over very well in Longmeadow? Oh yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure that's like the 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 lifeblood of Longmeadow yeah. is Botox. Too. I mean, if I were if I were a born housewife in Longmeadow, I'd I'd want to get some uh, injections and fillers. I got nothing better to do today. My husband's out making rich money, and uh, I'm home alone by myself. I go go get some lifters on I, my cheeks and my lips. I I can't put on my yoga pants and walk to Starbucks every day. I might as well walk to someplace else, and I, then go to Starbucks. I uh. I, Again, with the people with the with the Botox, it's like the, you're putting plastic into your lips. <laughs> it's, you're don't. putting a substance that nobody really knows what that yeah. is into your body for for permanently. Well, for it looks the rest so, of your life. It looks so natural. It does not look natural. That's the point. The point is that it doesn't look uh, it doesn't look good at all. No. And uh, no matter how well it's done, yeah. 
you always know. People can always tell. Uh, private boats are being restricted on Potapug Pond. Have you ever been to Potapug Pond? I have not been to Potapug. It's at the Quabbin after an aquatic invasive species was discovered. Deputy Communications Director for the Department of Conservation and Recreation, uh, Elise Wolberg, said that the staff at Quabbin discovered an aquatic invasive species called swollen bladderwort at Potapug Pond. I've had swollen bladderwort before. Have you? Oh, was it, is God. It, is it as invasive as they say? It was uh, <laughs> It was because I was fiddling around with a potapog. Right. Yeah. Uh, DCR is, going to, is doing survey work to develop a plan to deal with this plant and boats, and will be, boats will be restricted until a plan is in place. So mm. you, can't take any, you can't take your own boat in there, but you can still rent a boat. People take bladderwort to uh, treat urinary tract infections. Yeah. Kidney stones and uh, other things to treat spasms, fluid retention, swelling, and to stimulate gallbladder secretions. It sounds perfectly fine. Swollen bladder wart? Yes. I like swollen bladder wart. It's a rootless, carnivorous, bushy, submerged plant that can form dense mats at the water surface. They are not native to Massachusetts and have the potential to destroy native species such as vegetation, fish, and animals. Speaking of invasive uh, plants, I got uh, this fire bush growing around my house. Uh, you see those? Usually penicillin can take care of that. Yeah, well, it's not that kind. It's uh, it's it's like a super fire bush. A fire bush? Yeah. You ever see these things? I can't say I've ever seen a fire bush. I, I remember the uh, the burning bush in the, bri- in the Bible. So I cut a bunch of them down last year. Mm-hmm. They're already like halfway to size again. Oh, already, yeah. That's how fast they grow. Some of these invasive species are real p- problematic. I'm trying to remember what the hell it was that we're seeing in Vermont. It was a, it was a kind of plant where if you touched it, if you touched it, it would burn your skin off. Oh, that's uh, what is that called? Yeah, I can't remember what it's called, but they have it around here. Yeah, yeah. it's it's horrible, and if you try getting rid of it, it just spreads it around. I can't remember the name of it, but I do remember reading about it. Yeah. And it was like one of these things that was brought here from Europe back in like the late 1800s at, for rich people to put outside of their mansions and their homes. It was yeah. like, oh, look how beautiful this thing looks. But it's actually this deadly, basically, the liquid inside takes your UV protection off of your skin. Yeah, like right. It, uh, and so you, you can't go out in the sun. Man, and plants, yeah. plants are jerks, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how anyone would want to eat them. Plants are jerks. They are. Why do we keep them around? I don't know. We don't know why we do that. Uh, there was another story here I wanted to get to before we end this thing. We got, we, we're we're going to be talking to the Radio Control Club coming up. Okay, that's soon. cool. And... Um, the internet is so slow in this building. What is that? I told you. It's we're, Amish quality. We're a professional radio station. That we means nothing. We should have high-speed internet. We here. got nothing. And it's loading. It's <laughs> loading. Loading. Ah, man, they told us that this dial-up was really going to be the answer to all of our prayers. Yeah. Um, you know what? I don't have anything else for you. How you about don't. that? All no. right. Fair enough. Thanks. Thanks, you, internet. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be uh, mostly sunny with a high of 79. Tomorrow, cloudy with a high of 60, or I'm sorry, 79, but uh, rainy. It is 67 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Are you tired of living with chronic pain, knee pain, joint pain? Listen carefully because now there are new regenerative treatments available right here. 
Hi, it's Max. QC Kinetics, the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, is now open, giving lasting relief to people with joint pain with no surgery, no drugs, and no downtime. Regenerative medicine uses highly concentrated healing agents from your own body. These powerful treatments can restore and repair damaged tissue in your achy joints so you can move again without pain. QC Kinetics has over 100 clinics nationwide and has treated thousands of patients with incredible results. Their advanced protocols are an exciting way to manage pain from arthritis and injury without surgery or steroids or pain pills. If you've got pain in your knees or shoulders, hips or back, you need to check out these new treatments. They can actually help your body restore and repair itself. Call now to schedule your free consultation with local medical professionals at QC Kinetics, 413-992-5450, Connecticut and Massachusetts, Z&M Homes Buys Houses. Sell your property. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 850. And Soundgarden with Bax and Dangle on Rock 102. You know, I bought a drone a couple of years ago. You did? Yeah. Did I know this? It was a cheap one, and then uh, I got it stuck in a tree outside my house, and then I gave up. It's still up there. Really? It's, it's still sitting in the tree. <laughs> there I don't go. think I'd ever be a good radio control guy. You probably would not, no. but uh, the there's a really cool event coming up on Father's Day this Sunday, June 18th. Uh, the Franklin County Radio Control Club is uh, is putting together the Father's Day Fun Fly and Benefit. And the benefit is actually uh, really interesting. It's uh, to save uh, the flights for the flight to save Ukrainian citizens. In the studio with us right now are Ted, David, and Arena. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. For, for, first of all, tell us a, a little bit about uh, about what's going on on Sunday and how people can uh, get involved. All right. So uh, we're up at the Turner's Falls Airport on the um, Industrial Boulevard side up there. And uh, every Father's Day, we put on a show been about 12 years now, 12, 13 years that uh, Dave started putting the shows on. And uh, we've both been president and vice president of the club on and off. Um, so Sunday, it starts at 10 o'clock. And um, we've got, you know, food, demos, all sorts of stuff going on up there. Um, and uh, also, of course, the main part of it is the benefit itself for getting medical supplies to Ukraine. Uh, David and Arena, we were talking before we went on the air. You guys are are, are a couple. You're married, right? Engaged. Engage, engaged. Oh, engaged. Right. Engaged. Good enough. Good <laughs> enough. Um, but uh, Irina, you are from Ukraine. Yes. Tell us a little bit about your your story here because it's uh, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, I arrived to the United States in July last year, and uh, that's. That was, uh, you know, uh, I'm working here, and it was my uh, long-time dream to work in the United States, but I just never realized that it would come with such a price. So, yes, the um, war was horrible, and um, the circumstances were not really <laughs> um, good because um, initially when the war started, I was separated from my daughter for four months, mm. and then, but then eventually uh, I meant to come uh, to... Um, to the United States, and now we are together. And uh, I'm grateful to guys that they are um, organizing this event that will help to Ukrainians uh, to fight with this hor uh, in this horrible war and to win it eventually. Uh, that's very nice of you, and uh, I'm really excited. I heard uh, a lot during many years about this uh, event, that uh, it's annual event. They have it every year, and I'm excited to participate uh, myself in person this year, and I wish you lots of luck. Now, uh, in, in, the, in your situation, <laughs> you did bring your daughter back here. 
Yes, I did. Uh, I went to Ukraine uh, when uh, when was started. I was uh, at the conference in Vienna in Austria, and uh, it was uh, mm, uh, so it was completely uh, um, awful situation when uh, I was uh, I had to. Uh, the war started and she was locked there in uh, Dnipro and they had to go to Ukraine and to bring her um, to the safe uh, place to to the Poland. Uh, yes, it took uh, several days, uh, but uh, it's uh, it was it was a success because it could take weeks uh, at that mm. point. Uh, it was a big line uh, to th- at the train station to uh, to get to the train, and people were literally uh, waiting in the line uh, in uh, in winter uh, at, in the streets. Uh, with children, and the, the same situation was in the border. It was lined for a week to cross the border, but um, thankfully we were lucky to manage to do that in a, just in a few days. But yes, it was uh, terrifying uh, and it was uh, horrible. Yeah. But thankfully uh, she's safe now, and that's my priority. And I'm very grateful for to God and to universe and to people who helped and uh, to everyone. And uh, now she's safe here, and that's the best thing yeah. <laughs> for me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. So, in as far as what you know, what this organization is trying to do, where this money would go, how it would help, mm-hmm. try if you can to explain you know what is going to happen with the donations that you receive sure. on, on Sunday. So, over the since the war started, basically, uh, we've run a bunch of uh, Ukrainian medical drives. Because, you know, we're, the, the country's sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine, but it doesn't actually make it to the front line in a lot of cases. So there's a rich friend of mine who has contacts throughout. He has, a, he has a Ukrainian wife, and he has all these contacts throughout Poland and Ukraine. And so what we do is we raise money. We buy medical supplies that are hard to find, things like tourniquets, uh, blood clotting agents. And you'd think they'd be relatively easy to find, but in, across Europe, there's, there's none. Um, so what we've done is at the university, I work at the university, and also with the airplane club, we raise, this, raise money, we buy uh, tourniquets and other things, and then through the network we have, uh, we get it right to the front line, to the actual soldiers, the guys that actually need it. And, you know, I'm sure we've saved lives doing this. Yeah. Because uh, sure I know so, where it's going. So let me just be clear about that. Are you physically collecting items, or are you just asking for monetary donations? We've done both. We've done both. both. So okay. basically, and I... What I've done before is set up an Amazon like wish list, and yeah. people can just buy off the wish list. Mm. So we did that at the university a couple times. Um, last year, we raised six hundred dollars at the Franklin County Radio Control Club, and that all went just used the money to buy tourniquets, and that all stuff was sent over there. Very cool. Now, t- uh, going back to the event a little bit more. So, yep. e- how long have you been doing uh, this uh, radio <laughs> control thing with the with the airplane? Well, I think Dave got me into it uh, about. Oh, a little over 10 years ago now. Um, and, you know, it was one of the things my dad did 30 years ago, uh, building planes, crashing them, having a good time. Um, but- now, these, these aren't like uh, the cheap little toys you'd buy at the, at a, well, all no, sorts, no, toy all store. Sorts. These are like full on models. You build them from, yourself, right? From those toys all the way to stick built yeah. models. Yep. And, yeah, well. and and these things, do, do, do they have to have like? Uh, do you have to have a, like a tag on the back of them, like a like a tail number and all that stuff? Or so it- most recently, yeah. um, with some of the uh, some of the stuff going on with the FAA um, and our main organization, the AMA, the community based organization that would that charters all of these clubs. Um, yes, we do have to have a registration number. 
on yeah. the aircraft. Um, but basically, at our field, you know, we we make the rules. AMA makes the rules. Um, so we're kind of more of a controlled uh, controlled airspace right, in yeah. our in our area. And these the how the wingspans on some of these planes are are, are pretty we huge, have, aren't they? Yeah, we, we both have uh, half scale biplanes, so mm-hmm. our half scale biplanes got ten foot wingspans, about ten feet long or so. Yep. Those are just so neat to be hanging around. Can one of you bring a helicopter over and get that uh, drone that I got stuck up in the tree out of my house? <laughs> I got a, I got a yeah. chainsaw. Oh, okay, okay. A chainsaw. Maybe a long <laughs> stick and just yeah. poke it yeah, out of there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, this is uh, Ted, David, and Arena from the uh, Franklin County uh, Radio Control uh, Club. The uh, the event happens Sunday Father's Day ten to four, and if uh, if and it all goes to a, to a great cause. And in fact, uh, we'll post a, a copy of that Amazon link on our Facebook page, so that Excellent. if people want to get involved, if, even if they can't make the event, uh, you know, one way or another, we'll get some uh, some people helping you. Perfect, awesome. Thank guys. Awesome. We appreciate Thank it. Thank best of, best of luck on Sunday, and 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 best of luck to you and your family. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's uh, 8.58, actually almost 8.59 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102.